0: Hi, you're very welcome to this session of our group Akashic Records. It's great to see you guys here. And uh, we've been getting a few questions in advance of this. And interestingly, a lot of them, uh, a number of them are revolving around the theme of love. And I'm going to, hi, Kim, I'm just doing a little introduction here. And uh, it's interesting that it should be about love because a number of years ago, we created a little—I suppose you could call it a handout or a little flyer—called uh, "What Is Love," and it was the answers from the Akashic Records about love. And it really went into some some fascinating ideas about what love is and what love isn't. <laughs> but we see anyway what what happens when we go through. The session today, because there are a few questions about love. But the other thing is that I would like to to send this to you guys because it's quite fascinating, and uh also somewhat pertinent to what's going on in the world these days. So, all right. right. uh Is there something going on in the world today? <laughs> no, it is all.
1: <laughs> <in> the <laughs> <reason>. <laughs> There's nothing going on in the world today.
0: i'm <laughs> a no problem.
1: Nothing's Do going it. on. Yeah. Morning Margaret.
0: Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. That's right. Yes. You must be what? Five o'clock? Six, five o'clock? Seven. Oh, seven. Gosh. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you for joining us. Well, Angie Rose is, you know, the procedure. She's going to say a prayer that will get us into the Akashic Records. And just a reminder that these sessions, you well know by now that they're not for Personal questions, therefore, like group world questions, and uh, so we look forward to getting through a few of these today. So, do you want to go ahead, and get Sure.
1: So we're we got a lot of emerald green light today which, of course, is a healing color. So what they tell me is there's healing going on or being sent to the earth.
0: Yeah, I got a a couple of images which I found interesting. And one was that it's like that part of our belief systems. And and we're talking about kind of world belief systems, not just our own. It was an image of a hook and it was, you know, sometimes a fish can slip off the hook. So it's like as if things were just hanging on by a little hook and it could slip off at some point in time. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It means that, uh, things are hanging on by a thread more or less. That's the kind of thing. But I also saw, uh, not so much the green light, but the assistance, I saw it coming from like stars. I don't know what stars they were, but it it appeared that there was assistance of some kind could be energetic, could be light, could be frequency Whatever, but it was coming from stars. Okay, so let's begin. Do you want to start, Terry? Do you want to ask any questions?
2: Yes. I have uh, about three or four questions about mermaids and
1: mermen. Okay, what are their origins? Are they um, genetically modified humans? And where do they live? Like in the deep. Deep parts of the ocean, like the Marianas Marianas Trench, which is like a couple of miles down deep, and also, what is their family structure?
0: Great, we haven't had questions like that before.
1: I was going to say, ask my granddaughters.
0: <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: they were just talking about having a party, a mermaid party. Okay, okay. So just a second their origin, let's go there first, okay? Well, it doesn't look like they're a genetic modification. I don't see that they're genetically modified. It looks to me that they're part of ocean creatures. And you could say that some of them have already been human in other lifetimes and have decided to become mermen and mermaids in a different life cycle. I feel they live deep in caves under the water okay so it probably could involve that trench you're talking about terry but also a lot of other places that have deep caves deep under the ocean and there's whole families of them let me see what that family structure is like kind of reminds me of fairies in a way okay the way they're very communal okay looks like they look out for each other looks like they have a hand and kind of what is it when you take care of the ocean underneath? Like so you make it so fish can live and everything. Okay.
0: The, conservation. the
1: environment. You make sure the environment is as much as they can is conducive to life in the ocean.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. I do it does seem too that there are tunnels under the ocean that they swim through because it looks like they're not limited like mermaids in the Atlantic Ocean wouldn't be limited to the Atlantic Ocean, for example, like all those oceans are connected. And there's even deeper oceans under the surface that we don't know about. Okay, so they look like they're very, a very ancient race, very rarely appear on the surface to humans. Maybe a diver might notice one underneath, but it's very rare that they would appear.
0: It's funny that I, when you said about an ancient race, it makes sense now that I saw something from the stars because it's like as if they were uh, from the stars initially. And when you asked about the um, the family structure, I saw it as being coloured, like you know how. It's hard to describe because it's it's a it's an imprint. Um, you know how if you mix. Uh, red and blue you get, or yellow, and you get different colors from mixing primary colors. So to me, their family structure looked like the genetics come from the mixing of different light colors, forming new colors. And that seems to be how they they procreate.
1: They also communicate through the wind. In other words, you wouldn't hear a mermaid communicate with you Telepathy, for example, it looks like they speak on the wind. So you'd have to develop an ear for recognizing that and listening to that. But it's much like we would see in the movies when they have a movie about a siren, for example. Right. And there's an interesting sound that comes along the wind. Yeah. Okay. But it looks like that is how they communicate.
0: Through sound and the wind. Yeah, it reminds me of a great movie we saw one time that was made in Ireland. I think on the did you did you see it, Margaret? Did you send us a link to it one time? It was some movie about a mermaid on the west coast of Ireland uh, becoming human for desiring to becoming human for a short time or something of that nature.
2: The sea, which is the silky. A silky, yeah, yes, was a seal, that basically? Yeah, we saw that that one. She had said that we saw that one. No, I,
0: I know we saw it a long number of years ago, but I think recently you did point yeah, it out. We
2: talked about it recently. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was on the telly here. Can we cover all those questions, Terry? Yes, thank you so much. You're
0: welcome. Great. Okay, Diane, do you have any questions for Angel Rose today? I
2: think yes. <laughs> on porn, how porn affects um, the planet. Oh,
1: do you have three hours? (laughs) Okay, just a second. Well, porn is another form of implantation. The source had addressed this many years ago with us that, that porn basically implants you sexually for other negative beings to come in and suck off your sexual energy, basically. And it made the point that even looking at a pornographic magazine implants you so Movies, magazines, acting it out, invite all sorts of nasty kind of entities. I'd say that it's definitely a negative program. One that's meant to seduce your energy, basically, so that you end up being siphoned off by other entities that are not so nice either. Okay? Okay, so basically, sources always advise us that it's not something healthy really that it's implantation, I mean, the desire for it's implantation, the drive for it is implantation, the acting out of it is implantation. Implantation by not so nice entities. OK,
0: I think also it binds us to the uh, the physical body in a way that we shouldn't be bound. Um, there's more to it than that, but that's what I feel. It's like being handcuffed.
1: Well, you know, what it does is give expression to people's shadow. That's the other part, okay? Right. And um, you have to really know yourself very well to be understanding what kind of shadow is being you're being attracted to when you get into porn. It's an addictive form of implantation, and it's not a healthy thing.
2: Yeah. Did that answer it, Diane? Yes, thank you. Good information. Thank you. Yeah,
0: good. Okay, Shirley. So her first question was, uh, "What is the what is Source's definition of love?" And then, "What is the sound of love in the new Earth?"
1: So I did ask this question this morning again after you asked it, and basically, Source said, "Love is the field of all possibilities. So I guess from that, I You know, it really is that it is an unlimited essence that allows everything to come into being. So one man, you can say it's the cause of creation. Another level you can say it's unlimited, has no limits and has no opposites either. And source says um, it doesn't have a sound because if if it gave it a sound, it would be limiting it. But you could say that it's all sounds. Okay, all sounds come from love. Okay, so let me just ask about the new earth, because you asked about it. just a second. See, so we we will recognize the new earth not so much by a song or a sound, but really our perceptions will change and become much more unlimited and much more all-encompassing, much more communicative and cooperative. So it is it's like the essence of love will be more, will be demonstrated more in the new earth and our perceptions will change because of it. Okay. But basically source would say all music and all sound comes from love and it's not limited to any particular frequency.
0: Okay. Marie, do you have a question?
2: Okay. My question is, how do we receive energy from God's to sustain us, I mean, like instead of, so we don't have to eat food or anything like that. How can we make that happen? Or can we?
0: Great question, very good question.
1: Well, we published a book by a, a man called Ray Mayor, R-A-Y-M-O-A-R? M-A-O-R. 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 And it was called A Year Without Food. Ray Mayor is a breatharian. He teaches workshops around the world to become breatharian. But in his book, he describes the, the pros and cons of moving from eating food to living off light, basically living off prana. Yes, it is possible to do that. You know, it's a matter of undoing all of your belief systems that say you have to have food But it is possible to do. Like, Ahana and I were going to take his course years ago. But he wouldn't let me come because I'm diabetic. And he told me I'd have to not use medicines through the weekend. I'm not in a position to do that right now. Okay, but anyway. um, But he does workshops. In fact, he did one in Sedona, I think, a couple years ago. And my girlfriend went to it. And uh, it's a lot of fasting in the beginning. Water fasting and then just juice fasting. But, through the weekend, you know you do work with your beliefs about food, and you watch what comes up in you because really, everything's beliefs. everything that we experience is is a result of some belief somewhere. So the same is true about our thoughts about needing food because maybe we could find that YouTube video and send it to them that the documentary he did where he was,
0: oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. actually
1: did a YouTube thing where, he had all kinds of doctors watching him, and he was secluded in a house, and he couldn't have any food or water. And um,
0: yeah, they, even, they even
1: made him—they even measured the water that he brushed his teeth with. So he had to brush his teeth and then spit it back out in the glass.
0: Yeah, because they regarded anything as being nutrients that might uh, take from the accuracy of the study. I mean, they measured his urine, they measured and anything that he that he was taking in and anything that was excreting, they measured absolutely everything. It was quite fascinating, actually.
1: Yeah, well, anyway, the doctors were sure that he'd die. I think it was 10 days, wasn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: 10 days without food or water. They were for sure that all this stuff would happen to him, mean, you know, all these body systems would fail, and they would take his blood every day. And uh, as it turned out, he was healthier than people who eat food, even after the 10 days.
0: Yeah. So there was, anyway- there was one- Period of time where there was uh, it went a little bit dodgy and and the the doctors were worried because um, they th- they actually thought he was going to die but then he completely recovered out of it and they had no explanation as to why that was I think it was like day six or day seven or something it was very interesting and that was also that documentary was was paid for and ran by the uh, the Israeli Television Authority.
1: You know, but that's, it's interesting because he proved basically that we can live off prana, which is the light from source. Okay. You can do it, but like I say, the biggest program we have really around food is our social, our social stuff, where we get together for meals with friends and we, you know, we share and we have families over. And so for him, he did say it was very weird because um his friends would all be eating pizza and this, and that, and the other. And they'd ask him to have some, and he'd say, no, thank you. And they thought he was, they didn't understand what, of course, they didn't know what he was doing at first, you know. But uh, he said that's really the most difficult part, because now he's got a wife and a child. And he said it's very difficult not to share meals with them. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, fact, so, fact so it's, it's we'll good. send you the link to the book and we'll also send you his YouTube video because he explains a lot of it in there, okay?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's one other thing about that too. Um, I remember when my children were small and I was vegetarian and they all wanted chicken nuggets and, you know, all kind of meat products and stuff. And I found it very difficult to, to not eat meat at that time because the whole family, the rest of the family was eating meat, but I wasn't. And and in the same way, when you think about it, if you're not eating anything, you're living off prana, it is very difficult to be in this world in the sense that everybody else is doing it and that's how things are done. But that also shows that it is very much conditioning and perception and that it can be done. But it's like as if you need a collective consciousness almost to move. You know, that would help everybody move so does that make sense yeah proved you can do it
1: regardless you know you know what i mean
2: okay yeah thank you that i i was just wondering how would you do that you know so
1: he basically says too when you're when you eat strictly from prana like he talks about how your urine changes and what comes out of it at first when you stop eating food and then he talks about how um yeah you start to have very high spiritual experiences because there's nothing in the way basically so you're in direct communication with source energy okay
0: all right thank you that was a great question okay you're up
1: hi everybody um i was wondering about when uh hereditary illnesses or ancestral illnesses is are those carried down through genes or is that a belief oh my grandmother had it so i'll have it my mom had it so i'll have it so i'm trying to delineate if it is what it is so source is saying yes and yes okay yes it's handed down genetically and yes it's a belief but behind it is always some sort of emotional trauma so you'd have to start exploring what's the what's the emotional trauma behind blank 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 whatever the illness is like I have diabetes from my great grandparents but I've never really I mean the most I could say is that they came through the depression you know that they were you know the type of people who everything was made by hand they had their root cellar grandma made her own juice blah 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 you know but they weren't happy people you know they were kind of depressed people, and I think that's part of the the underlying issue, you know, that they came through a depressing time and they still maintain that kind of poverty consciousness throughout the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. So yes, it manifests as beliefs. it manifests as genes, but genes genetics are beliefs. and there's an emotional uh, trigger behind every illness,
0: yeah, yeah if I could add to that too, and Margaret, I know, will identify with this. Uh, there's a guy who we, I know we both follow, who's a great writer. Thomas Sheridan is his name. And he wrote something last week where he said that a lot of the people who are resisting the power and control issues that are going on today are the very people who went through ancestral trauma and in particular he mentioned about the the potato famine in ireland about how the british perfected a system of controlling a whole nation of people through power and control and manipulation and controlling their food source and controlling their belief systems and then went on to say that You know, the the U.S. did exactly the same thing with Native American Indians, but it's all over the world. Various countries like the Portuguese and the Spanish with the Mexicans and all of that, it's all over the world. It's pervasive. But his interesting point was that it's the ones who have that ancestral memory that are coming through the genetics who somehow remember and who are now saying, "Uh uh-uh. We've done this before, and we're not doing it again. And in that way, I think there is definitely something about genetics when it comes to illnesses as well. So I think, but you I can, can
1: us... undo it. You can undo yeah, the program. The in other words, genetics aren't a death sentence. You, you know, it's not a given that okay. because you have a genetic predisposition to something that you're going to manifest it. You can undo it. Yeah. You know, so because it has a belief attached to it you can undo the belief in your own consciousness and you can undo the emotion and write a new program
0: yeah for yourself did we have an example of that in Rose when we were living in Ireland and there was some negativity about the place whatever it is you know how some people can feel energetic imprints and so on so anyway we walked around this particular place and we found uh, that there was a soldier had been killed there
1: oh yeah that was on our property yeah
0: do yeah, you remember that mm-hmm. now when i say a soldier that sounds like modern times no this is going back perhaps a thousand years eleven twelve thirteen hundred years uh, a warrior and in fact we made a video about it and let me remind myself to send you that too you
1: guys are gonna have a shitload of yeah.
0: l- links to listen to <laughs> well we called it when a warrior falls yeah yeah when a warrior falls and what it was about was that a warrior fell in battle on, on, it, on, on it. that particular land. And the imprint of that tragedy, that trauma was still right there it was in, in front of these people's house, actually. And the imprint was still there, almost as if it was like a, 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 a hole, a big, dark hole, a big, dark hole. and. So Angia Rose and I, we went about with the family, we went about clearing it. And
1: well, the interesting way source told us to clear it because it was a circular driveway was that we were to walk counterclockwise around the driveway as if we were walking back into the past. Yes. Right. And what this soul wanted, it wanted acknowledgement, first of all, because basically said when a warrior falls the first thing he thinks of is his mother and that he failed okay but the point is is that in order to clear his soul from this property we had to walk counterclockwise i forgot how many times around the circle i think it was three and undo the past and then we had to walk forward clockwise in order to bring him up into the present because what he wanted from the family who lived there is he wanted acceptance and acknowledgement of course, all the family came out of the house when we were doing that because we were doing. In, the past, in, fact, really. in fact, our friend Jamie, who yeah. belongs to that family, came out and joined us, and it was the most miraculous thing. You could actually feel the unwinding and the and the going forward with the energy and bringing it up to the present. Yeah. And they, what they did was they created a little altar to him after that with a candle that they kept lit every night. And it was quite a beautiful thing. It really was.
0: Yeah. And I think. So what
1: does it have to do with genetics? Well, why
0: I think, Kim, that's a very important question is because I think right now what we're doing, and I don't mean Angel Rosen, I mean the world population right now and each generation is healing our ancestral past. So we're healing those genetics, we're healing those illnesses, and we're healing the stuff that caused trauma that is necessary to heal in order to move into a new earth. So it's a very important question you're asking. And I think it's done, it's done through ancestral healing. But I mean, of course, first healing ourselves by, by healing ourselves, we're doing that. Yeah. So Ellen's question is how can I undo the fear of starvation? Let me just check what the rest of the question was. So I get it in its totality. Uh, She said, how do I undo the fear of starvation? I remember a past life from the Irish famine. I have to keep the refrigerator stocked and buy in quantity. I need to heal my ancestral past. Good point. Very good point. Yeah, because if you think about it, Ellen, that's what's going on a lot of times in the world, too, right now, where they're imposing fear of food shortages and supply chain problems and all, and they're stirring that ancestral memory so that we're saying, oh yeah, I remember this. This has happened before.
1: So I'm going to refer to the Course in Miracles to answer this one, Ellen. Because there's a lesson in the course that I forgot which lesson it is, but basically when you're afraid of anything, it has you make a list and say, um, in this situation, in your case involving starving, you know, starvation. I am afraid, and then you make your list of what you're really afraid of, okay? After you write all that out, you then you end it with, but I could choose peace instead of this. I mention it because it's an easy thing to do, and it's very powerful, because what I found from The Course in Miracles is that it, it, it erases things on a quantum level. I mean, I've had situations completely disappear from my mind because I did that. But you have to want to choose peace about it, okay? So make your list in this situation involving starving to death, I'm afraid blank will happen and just make your list. And then at the end and say, but I could choose peace instead of this. And Just see what happens, okay?
0: Yeah, good question. Okay, Margaret, I've no doubt you're gonna have a home of questions for us today.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Well, okay. you're, allowed you're allowed one, Margaret. <laughs> Cheeky! It'll be about ten foot long. Um, I've sent you an email about DNA as well. Um, okay, you may or may not have had time to have a look at the link I sent you to the um, remote viewing and Cliff High chat, where they are definitely predicting something major coming sometime in the next few months. But they also think that the shock that it would create um, can, how can I put it? they're saying that they can prevent the event and the shock will come from the people who cause the event being outed. Uh, and I guess what I want to know is, are they right? Can we stop it? Because it's going to be, look natural, be creative, but can we stop that from happening by knowing about it and outing them and being, trying to be positive? Okay, we're going to skip over you just for a minute, Margaret, because
1: the, one of the questions we ask will take care of what you just asked. Okay,
2: oh. <laughs> loved and abandoned. Just a second. No, <laughs>
0: no. A lot of times. I'm joking
2: find- I'm, I'm joking. Joking. Thank you.
0: Seriously, though, what we have yeah. found always through the years is a lot of times when source answers a question, it collapses a whole bunch of other questions around it. You know, because it's coming at things from a completely Different levels than what we think where the problem is and, so let's
1: give him a little bit of background why we ask this question. Go ahead. okay, and you all may know, but you know David Ike, who I've never really followed religiously, I must say, okay? Uh, I watched an interview with him with this man called um John Nolan. John spells his name j e a n, okay? yeah yep, and it was just an interview with David Ike about his latest book called The Dream okay and we we got it on audible after but the dream really is david ike going into the degree of matrix manipulation okay even to the point of discussing the manipulation after we die okay and so it's quite mind-blowing i have to say i mean a lot of it i knew already but somehow the way he says it, it just rattled my brain okay so we decided to ask source a question about the matrix so what's the question
0: this question about the matrix
1: is there a matrix
0: no Uh, what does source say about us being in a matrix and how do we get free from it
1: all right so this will answer your question margaret because your question is in the matrix okay source is making a joke about it first and says well of course didn't you watch the matrix with neil (laughs) <laughs> from that movie yes indeed
0: <laughs> okay no
1: it's just kidding okay hang on. so basically it's saying the matrix you have to remember is an artificial construct okay that's the first thing okay in other words we just discussed love before being the field of all possibilities nothing can touch love love has no opposite but so basically it's saying anything that's not that is an artificial construct so you could call the matrix a big artificial intelligence game, and the orchestrators of it have got really good at um, holographic insertions and technology. So, does it appear to be real? Yes, but is it real? No. And this is the important answer because it's saying, look, how do you get out of it? Is stop believing in it. Okay. Stop believing you're affected by it because you still have the divine spark of God within you. You can contact that spark anytime by focusing your attention on it. For example, before we get on the call, you know, I took Shirley's question and I was just sitting in, in the living room having my cup of coffee and I just asked source, so what would you say to that? And source answered me immediately. I didn't have to go into the records for an answer. It just answered me immediately. And that's the point it's trying to make that when you fall for artificial constructs as being more powerful than yourself, you put yourself at a big disadvantage because part of this waking up period we're going into is to shake ourselves out of this, as David I calls it, shake ourselves out of this dream stop believing that all this stuff is so serious that it affects you because you live forever. So like what's the worst that could happen on this dimension is you might lose your physical body. Okay, but you live forever. So we kind of have to put things in perspective and stop being so attached to our physical selves because that's where we think we can be injured. Okay, so can we stop the, the negative orchestrators? Yes, you can if you understand that your consciousness your pure consciousness, your unlimited possibilities. So as much as they're making up this whole hologram that we find ourselves in called 3D, you can make up any scenario you want as well. I mean, the only thing they've got over us is they have more technology or more advanced technology. But what's more advanced than your divine being who has unlimited possibilities? So basically it's the answer is don't be caught up in this stuff you yes you can look around and say oh you know we're caught in this control but we're only controlled if we think we're controlled okay so in other words source is kind of telling us it's time to snap out of it that's what this awakening is about is start focusing on your divine self establish your own communication with your own inner self and don't be deceived by the manifestations of these guys who just want you to keep believing that you have no power and that you're in effect of all of their shenanigans you want to add anything to
0: that yeah no i i can't add anything more to that that that's beautiful and a great question
2: i know what you're saying i take that completely on board but we're kind of while we're here being human we're operating on that level as well and I suppose for me, I'm. You know, you, we saw what happened in Maui. What they've got planned next is bigger than that, and a lot of people are going to be. There's going to be all of you know the, the stuff that happened, people dying and the whole routine. And I suppose it's just I'm an protective old bag. And, I, and it's just I would love it not to happen and harm them because it would be so emotionally destructive for so many people. And I guess that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was asking the question for because most people don't. Understand the other level of stuff, and because while we're here being human, we kind of got to negotiate that because we're here. Yes. You
1: know I mean,
2: that's, that's part
1: of what the awakening is about, though. Margaret, many people don't forget have contracted to leave this planet yeah, during this period. I want to go through mm-hmm. this whole yeah. crap that we're going to go I know. through. Okay, I know. so yeah. anyway, and, and there's just as many people that we've heard from from Maui who have plans on rebuilding Maui. So we can't say that the negative agenda is going to win because the human spirit has survived many, many cycles when they've tried this stuff. Mm. We're still here. Yeah. Okay. You have to remember that that yes, we're in a human body, but we're still divinity as well. Divinity isn't someplace outside of us. It's within us. In fact, your natural divinity is your Kundalini. You know, it's really the, The life force of God running up through your body. Okay, so we have to remember who we are. I mean, you know, we keep falling prey to our small selves. That's the deception. That's the trick. That's what they want you to believe. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember when that tsunami hit Indonesia some years ago, and I I can't remember the numbers, but there was a good few thousand, perhaps eight or ten thousand people died, and uh, it was catastrophic. And Mm -hmm people were asking that same question like oh my god the destruction but when angel rose went into the akashic records at that time and asked about those people it was very clear that they chose to leave as a soul family at that point in time
2: yeah, perhaps 9 11 as well
0: it's, it's yeah
2: just it's just the, the fallout from that with the people who are left behind i always I always feel so sorry for them and, and I suppose I want to protect them from the planet. This may be an objective all bag, really. Well, of course we always, you know, every
1: one of us is in grief about yes. something that's happened on this planet. Every one of us has some sort of cellular memory of trauma. And I'm not saying don't feel that because I, I feel it. I mean, I've gone through waves of it during this cycle too, realizing yeah. that we're shifting paradigms entirely. We're letting go of an old paradigm, but through that, You know, all my own memories of all the grief I've gone through in my life. You know, I've lost my mom, lost my sister, lost my brother, lost two partners. You know, it cycles around and gets to you, you know? So I just think the most you can do is you just have to feel it when it shows up, let it run itself through and carry on.
2: Well, exactly, yes, yes, yes. and I I think that teaches, certainly in my case, it it taught me um, empathy and compassion right some of those tragedies is what got me asking some questions yeah exactly if
1: they didn't happen to me in fact
0: isn't that what um we just had a workshop here last weekend um psychic laser therapy and Angela rose says every time that we do that workshop that when you see what's going on in people's energy fields which you do through that therapy was it the way you were to hang You rose? Nobody's speak.
1: the way they are without a reason.
0: Nobody's the way they are without a reason. Yeah. And it's embedded into our like energetic makeup. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. You. Francis, you're up next. You got a question?
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, my question. Um, what is man's purpose uh, in the spirit realm? Is it to go to the highest dimension like love or to live with Jesus or go back to earth, the earth plane?
0: Mm, Good question.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh... Mankind's highest spiritual purpose is to realize that you're one with God. You're one with the universe. Okay. You are the all that is. Okay. And the highest level. So we're going way beyond dimensions, Francis, because dimensions are an artificial construct as well, because the truth is that we're all unlimited universal consciousness, okay, which is love. The goal isn't to be one with Jesus. You may spend time with Jesus in your journey, okay, but the goal isn't to be with Jesus. Jesus has its own soul and is doing its own thing, but that's all religious stuff okay and this is way beyond religion so to imagine yourself as one with the universe is the highest level you can go to because you are back at home at that in that situation you're back one with your divinity with yourself with the all that is okay you know what we're not really here to reincarnate either even though we do it because some authority figure told us to do it from the other side But that's not necessarily true either. We don't have to come back here. We can choose to be wherever we want once we leave this plane. We just have to have our wits about us and know that we can choose that. So people come back in because maybe they want to continue a lifetime they had here. You know, people meet soulmates for that reason. Usually, finish something they were doing before, either to heal it or to continue it, for example or to complete it. I mean, they come back in to do those things, but do they have to do those things? No. It's something they're choosing to do as a soul. So reincarnation isn't a a given that it's something that you have to do. It's something you choose to do for your own reasons. Like, Han and I know each other from out of this physical universe entirely. And we knew that when we met each other. Okay, this is a spiritual recognition and connection. So we know we're here to do just what we're doing now. During this time where people need to wake up and we need to wake up, we have stuff to clear as well. But there really isn't any religion that can tell you the truth of anything because every one of them thinks that they're the truth. Yeah. Okay, and every one of them has their own rules. And, uh, and I've seen the advantages, disadvantages of religions. For example, my mother was, my parents were very, very Catholic, and my brother died in a car crash when he was 22 years old, and that ruined my mother. I mean, she just never recovered from that, and in her consciousness, she couldn't understand why somebody who followed her religion, who said a rosary every day and prayed that God could take her son from her, and she just couldn't make sense of that, you know? Well, the truth is, is because God didn't take her son from her, I mean, my brother had his own contract that he was doing, but they interpret it as they must be terribly bad or guilty, okay, if something like that happened to them. And that's where religions ruin you. You know, I watched that happen with my father too. You know, I asked him one time, because I took a, I took a, um, an article writing class in college once, and one of my assignments was I had to interview somebody. So I decided I'd interview my dad because the truth is I never knew him before he was my dad. And I asked him, what kind of conclusions did he come to about my brother's death? And what he said to me was, oh, I'm just worried that he went to hell because he had sex with a woman before he was married. I was just so blown away by that answer that I thought, oh, my God, that's what you got out of losing your son <laughs> was... He's going to be judged because he had sex with a woman. I mean, that's how ridiculous it is, put it bluntly. Okay, so so that's my answer to those questions. Your universal consciousness, mm-hmm. that's what you are. You're all that is. You're beyond every belief system, every dimension. You're just a being of love, and that's who you are. That's what we wake up to. That's what the, the goal is. Okay. Thank you. In that there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no punishment, there's no judgment. There's none of that. Okay. I mean, even asking this matrix question, to me, it's very freeing when Source says to you, it's all made up, so why are you deciding to believe in it? You know, and it was kind mm-hmm. of like somebody hitting you across the head saying, wake up. And we do have to remember that because we we aren't in touch with our power. We haven't even been able to accept that we're love without any sort of guilt attached to it. Okay. But it's very freeing to know that it's just a choice.
0: Okay, great. We want to chance going around again, real quick. There would have to be quick questions and quick answers because we've only got like 10 minutes left. Do you want to have a go at it? Terry, you got a quick question.
1: I, I do have something for Angle um, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but just to follow up to something that you, you said, your other two partners, were they also twin flames? One of them was a lesser twin. And I'll explain that in a minute. And one of them was a soulmate. So like my first husband was a soulmate. Okay, so he was somebody that I lived other lives with that we met each other again when we in our teens. And that was a completion lifetime. The other partner I had was um, a lesser twin the one who committed suicide, you know, the difference is, is that you know it by the energy. Okay, for example, twins can have different different degrees. So if you picture a clock face, the primary twin, the original twin is at a 12 six position. That's what we are. And then you have offshoots of yourselves, which makes it a three nine twin, like I've met another man Earlier in my life, who was a lesser twin. He was a guy who lived across the street that my son used to cut grass for, and that was a lesser twin. In fact, I've met two two lesser twins actually, three actually. Keith was a lesser <laughs> twin. You're <missing laughs> through them, aren't you? But I just think that that was my that was my like I had to go through soulmates that I had to complete with. I had to go through lesser twins before I could be because uh-huh. he's my primary twin. Did I answer your question, Patricia? I did,
0: yeah. In fact, you know, rather than spending time on that right now, you should know that we have done a course in the past on twin flames and soulmates and how to tell the difference. And we will, I think, run one of those again, perhaps in the new year. So we will let you know about that.
1: Suffice it to say that when you meet a twin, you recognize that being as the same as you. There isn't any separation. Where a soulmate, you're aware that they're a distinct being who you've lived other lives with.
0: Yeah. Okay? And sometimes there's competition with the with the soulmate, whereas there's just union with the twin. So that's one way of knowing.
1: But not all twins, when they meet each other, they don't always choose to be with each other. And the reason they don't is because they have other issues in the way. Yeah. Because you can't hide when you meet a twin. There's no hiding. There's no secrets. There's no... yeah. No,
0: that okay. okay diane do you have something
2: yes i would like to ask about my um i've been traveling a lot on the road and noticing a lot of um the road being torn up but it doesn't look like it's being worked on and i've traveled across the u.s a lot and i'm seeing the same scenario so uh, my question is is there a reason for that or that you know hmm. Huh. Are they trying to, you know, kind of lock us in?
0: Huh. Good question.
1: No, I don't get that. What I'm getting is that there's a problem with supply chains. In other words, um, you know, as you may have noticed, being told that lumber, for example, has gone sky high in prices, right? Didn't you see that too? Even a piece of plywood that used to cost yeah. XYZ. So all of those things that have gone into repair all those prices have gone through the roof and some of them they can't get supplies when they need them so you have periods where workers are just off doing something else because they can't complete what they're doing so i don't see anything sinister and i just think it's a supply chain issue because we see that here too in Sedona remember how huh? like they've been working on this one road the whole summer and yeah. it's not a big road
0: yeah and it's and clearly. It shouldn't be the case because it causes so much backlogs and traffic problems and so on that they normally have cleared in. They would have done the whole job start to finish maybe in three or four weeks. It's been going on all summer. So it's not that they're trying to cause, purposely cause these traffic jams.
1: No, I don't think
0: so.
1: I think that we're going to see that come to a head also probably within the next year or two because this stuff can't stand before it starts to fall down so yeah so some of that whole supply chain thing is what's orchestrated basically to kind of make us dependent on other things but it's hit the construction industry it's hit the car industry blah blah
0: blah you know mm-hmm. okay shirley quick question
1: i just wanted to make a comment how wonderful the information has been today. It's been very uplifting and heartwarming. So thank you, thank you, everyone.
0: Good. Okay, Marie.
2: I just want to comment, but Shirley Janine said, "Oh, it's been wonderful. I love the information, and I love all the questions today." But we can. It's it's getting so close to the time. You know, we can go on to somebody else if you want to. Okay. I know that they can come back and be with us again, cats and dogs that that we've been really close to, but I've also read somewhere that sometimes they are kind of like part of us, like a a split off from us that come to be with us and share part of life with us. Do you have any view on that?
0: Domestic pets. Are they part of us?
1: Some of them are actual, you know, soulmates that you've known in other lives when they weren't animals okay some of them are lifetimes you've lived when you were an animal so they do have a connection to you energetically absolutely okay and uh, i know somebody once i think i told you this maybe it's a story that i had a friend who had a pet pig right and she just loved this pet pig and she asked me in a reading who the pig was to her because she had this uncanny love for this pig
0: yeah And, and, and the husband in that relationship was actually a butcher and they I had know, this pet pig oh yeah, in the a, house. They had Seriously. a
1: restaurant that was yeah. barbecued pork. You know? Yeah, that was
0: a crazy.
1: <laughs> but yeah. anyway, the pig, turned out the pig had been her grandfather in a different lifetime when there was a fire. Mm-hmm. So this pig was back into her life because its nose is close to the ground and it can pick up the scent of fire if there were to be a fire. So it came back as a protector for her against oh, fire. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So it's quite interesting.
0: Yeah. And there is a beautiful cat walking across Marie's screen. <laughs> Francis do you do you have a final question?
1: So in your podcast uh, you said near death experiences are still influenced by authority figures that urge individuals to return. So who are some of the uh, authority figures, you know, can just give one example and and why? Nobody in particular, but I would include those beings as part of the control agenda that wants to send you back and tell you that you still have stuff to work on. When the truth is, is you could, if you had your wits about you, you could just, you know, I always think of Peter Pan, that image, you know, where the kids are, Peter Pan's flying out the window and he's taking Wendy and the boy with him. And he's saying first first start of the what was it first start of the right or something you know you gotta think of that when you leave this world that you can go directly home to God's source you don't have to pass go you don't have to collect two hundred dollars you can just go straight, but we don't know that you see yeah. so we think anybody on the other side has to be more intelligent and more advanced than us, but that's not exactly right, yeah, okay, so it's really a whole lesson in discrimination and knowing who you are and what you have a right to do.
0: Okay, hope that helps.
1: Thank you. Right.
0: So let me do a quick recap of what we've covered here today. Margaret loves this part. Okay. <laughs> uh Terry started off with the questions about the mermaids. That was absolutely super. And I'm glad you asked that question, Terry. Angela mm-hmm. Rose's mentioned that they are an ancient race, not a genetic modification, part of the ocean, that they live in tunnels and deep caves under the ocean and that they communicate through the wind, which is interesting. And also then she asked in her second round about twins. And I did promise that we will do a course in the new year on twin flames and soulmates. Diane asked about porn. Again, all these questions are really super and thank you for them. Uh, Pornography and how it affects the planet and Angel Rose replied that it's an addictive form of implantation that sucks energy and siphons off energy for the negative agenda and it gives expression to people's shadow cells and uh, then her second round of question was about the roads being turned up and um, we find that that's more or less just a supply chain issue there's not anything sinister going on about that Shirley's question was about love and the definition of love and we found that that's the field of all possibilities that love sorry i'm doing it
1: a... i was doing a cleanse and he's on the hour he's got to drink his swill okay. i, I got
0: to drink swill on the earth that was a little reminder so sorry about that interruption that love is all sound oh yeah she asked about the sound of love in the new earth and love is all sound all sounds come from love we will reconcile the new earth by our changing perceptions. And love will be demonstrated more and more in the new earth. Marie asked about how do we receive energy from God so we don't have to eat? And Angel Rose pointed her to the book by Ray Mayor. We have a copy of it here, too. Actually, remind me, I'll put a link to that link to Ray Mayor.
1: In his YouTube video.
0: And the YouTube video. Yeah. And the answer is yes, it is possible but requires undoing all belief systems about it, about food, about our need for food, about the way energy works in our body and so on, and that everything is belief. And that by being able to uh, not depend on food, it does lead to high spiritual experiences. Kim asked about hereditary and genetic illnesses, and Angie Rose replied that uh, yes, but behind it all is emotional trauma. And then we told you the story about when a warrior falls, and we will send you the link to that video too. Ellen asked about the fear of starvation, very valid fear indeed. And in this situation, oh no, Angel Rose mentioned about the uh, course of miracles. And the question to ask is, in this situation involving my fear of starvation, I am afraid that blank, blank, blank will happen will happen and then what you do is you list what you're afraid of and then you say but i choose peace instead of this and we have used that to great effect ourselves very very good advice uh, margaret's question really stirred up a pot of real trouble when she asked about the matrix as she always does and yes,
1: about the matrix She asked about something well, to, happen, to
0: do with the matrix yeah but your answer was about the fact that it is an artificial construct, it's not love. It's a big artificial intelligence game using AI plus technology. And to stop it, you simply stop believing in it. And when you fall for artificial constructs, you make it appear to be stronger than you are when in fact it's not. What's more advanced than our own divine being? is the question that Angel Rose asked. And we keep falling for our small self. We all have cellular memory of trauma and that's what makes it difficult, but we keep falling for it. In her second round of questions, she asked about domestic pets and that they are part of us. And yes, they do have a strong energetic connection to us. Francis asked about man's purpose in the spirit realm. And mankind's purpose is to realize that we are the all that is. Dimensions are an artificial construct. You may spend time with Jesus, but that's not the goal. The goal is to be one with the universe. That's the goal of humanity. And reincarnation is not something you have to do. It is something we choose to do. And then she mentioned about religions, that there is no religion that has the truth of everything we are all universal consciousness we are beings of love and this is what we need to remember and finally she finished with the fact that there is no guilt no shame no judgment other than what we impose upon ourselves so that brings us to the end of our session today i am so thrilled with those great questions and thrilled that you guys are here to ask them because as we have found before, and you may have heard us mention before, it is your energy that brings the, that brings out the kinds of answers from the Akashic records. It's your individual qualities that help to fine-tune and downstep these answers, and they help us all. So we really appreciate you turning up for these sessions.
1: We just want to tell you all real quick that we're we're doing these cleansing programs, and. I want to tell you about this company only because they are just so fantastic. But it's a company out of Thailand. And the name of them is Zen Cleanse. Okay. It's Z-E-N-C-L-E-A-N-Z. Okay. And they make these beautiful cleanses like Hanna's doing the liver cleanse right now. It's a one-day cleanse. I'm doing the kidney cleanse, which is a 30-day cleanse. Okay. But all of their products are fermented enzymes that they've been fermenting for three to five years all from plants and vegetables and you know when you get their products you you look at the the uh, just the just the packaging is beautiful you know can you see yeah. that?
0: But there's something that's I want my, to,
1: that's my kidney cleanse package yeah. right here. There's something I
0: want to point out about it though, that just inside the we'll package, read it. that's read what it. I'm gonna read. Just just, just inside, stay with us
1: for a couple of minutes just so you get an idea what this company is like. Yeah. It's not a multi-level marketing thing or anything. They just make cleanses. Okay.
0: There's a flyer just inside the box and I'll read to you what it says. It says, We have reached the time of awakening and initiated our walk back home from ages of confusion and anguish. Clarity is now rising above darkness as we retrieve our divine purity. We remember our sovereignty. We understand that it is all a dream and that we are the dream. Naturally calm, gentle, generous. Our loving power is infinite. We are consciously ready for a peaceful ride through eternity. So that's the kind of concept that they're coming from. And it's why we really love not only the product, but the effect of the, the product as well. So we're doing all their cleanses. We will send you the link to those as well. Because... You can look
1: at them yourself.
0: Yeah. And, okay. And...
1: They're really awesome though. And um, because I ended up in the hospital twice this half of the year, I just decided, well, cause they wanted to put me on all these different medicines and I had asked source for, something healthy that would help me instead who do the same thing, but be healthy. And one of the products we got, because we signed up for this, we bought this bottle of stuff called Myceliac, wasn't it Myceliac? It's all made from fermented mushrooms. And one of the things my blood work always shows me is high cholesterol, high triglycerides, yada, 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 right? So they wanted me on statins, which I didn't do. But anyway, just from, Drinking a little bit of this stuff, I think it lasts us a couple of weeks, right? Because mm-hmm. you both were doing it. I went and had blood work for another doctor, I have to see, but all my triglyceride levels are normal. Most of my cholesterols, except one, had come down to normal, which is crazy, okay? Mm-hmm. Just from that, drinking this fermented mushrooms. So mm-hmm. we can't say enough about them. That's all we just want to tell you. If you want to clean yourself out, that's yeah. great yeah. okay we
0: we'll send you that
1: like a has been to the bathroom i mean this our <laughs> <laughs> morning this liver that's enough cleans- info <laughs> this, this liver cleanse you know gets rid of gallstones and all that's bed.
0: we've come to the end of our session today <laughs> let me
1: say the practical <laughs> And don't forget, at what, 12.15, we have this.
0: Yeah, in five minutes. For any
1: students of the culture course, if you have questions, we'll be online, and you can ask anything you need
0: to. Yeah, that's five minutes now. It's a different link. You'll find it in the um, World of Empowerment event page. You'll see the link in there. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Enjoy the day.
2: Thank you. Thanks.
0: Love you.